Kia ora, ko Emil Donovan toku ingoa. And today on The Detail, it's Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori, Māori Language Week. And one element of Te Ao Māori and Tikanga Māori is pepeha. Ko tainui tuku waka, ko tainui tuku iwi, ko taupiri tuku maanga, ko tūranga waiwa tuku marae. Ka tangi te titi, ka tangi te kākā, ka tangi hoki ahau, tihe Moriora. No Engerangi, no Airana, no Koro Atia, Hoki Oku Tupuna. Kiorakoto, Kioritato. E Mihi Mahana, Kiakoto, Tenakoto, Tenakoto Kato. But conceiving and saying your pepeha can raise some interesting questions if you're just learning about this kind of stuff. What is my maunga, my mountain? What's my awa, my river? If I emigrated to New Zealand a few years ago, does that mean my waka is Singapore Airlines, Flight 974? What if, like me, your ancestors come from the UK, but you don't really have much of a connection to them or to that place? And if you're not Māori, should you really be saying a pepeha at all? So today on the podcast, Te Reo Māori educator and language expert Stacey Morrison on the ins and outs of pepeha and what to be mindful of when you're stepping into this space. Stacey Morrison, kia ora, welcome. Tēnā What is or what are pepeha? So pepeha is about where you come from, where you connect to. And when we say pepeha, it's to give the listener a different perspective on who you are, where you come from, who are your people, what is your place, where is your mountain, what is your river. And so when I might speak to my pepeha, I will visualise those places and almost take myself there. But what we're doing is I'm offering you a way of letting you know about me that's deeper than just me. Mm. More than just your name. Yeah, I'm giving you an insight into my place, my people. I'm taking you to that environment. And it's a way of understanding connection. So the most important thing and why we do this is tanga, so to build relationships. So the best kind of result where you know that this is working is when after you've done your pepeha, and this has happened to me at hui, people will come up afterwards and go, I knew you're queer, mm. and you make these connections, or you say, "Hey, we're related. I'm off that line as well." You know, so quite amazing, profound connections can be created when I stand up and tell you more about myself and give you the context of the landscapes, the people, I guess, the eponymous ancestors, mm. and then because just like that term eponymous, it means how we can all be connected to something. A pipiha would be something that identifies you and your connections uh, to certain um, areas of Aotearoa, your maunga, your mountain, your awa or moana, your body of water, your iwi and your hapu. So it's really, uh, I, I call, I like to think of it as an uh, identification marker, you know, if you needed one. I wanted to um, quote a line to you from Kiri Opai, Kiri's a Māori educator, in essence, the pepeha is an introduction for any person and their affiliations in a Māori context for one purpose, to make connections. And I'm emphasising this, Kitty writes, because most people mistakenly think that the pepeha is about introducing yourself. Mm. And I, f- I feel like there's a subtle but significant difference between those things. And without 
I mean, I know that these are someone else's words, but can you sort of elaborate on on what you think Kitty might mean there? Uh, yes, because um, I guess you'll notice in Pepeha, we first speak to Maunga Mountains, we speak to Moana uh, Waters, and we speak about everything that's bigger than us. And my name's last, mm. so as the individual, that's when things at the end come down to finer detail. But first we start wide and we start at a place where people can understand more about all of my people, mm. all of my connections. One thing that happens that I guess it's hard to engage with unless you have a good fluency of the real Māori is really top speakers, great orators, will connect visitors and tangata whenua when we come to Ahui. Mm. So they'll say, here are our two ancestors our iwi are distinct and different, and here are our connections. So it might be that some of our ancestors were you know, married, and then another, you know, that's one of our connections. It might be how we engage together, maybe in a voyage or maybe in a conflict. Um, so all of those things are recognised in terms of our history, but our connections. So as I say, I've had people personally say to me, I, oh, I know your family. But they wouldn't have realised that if I didn't name my places and my people. So sometimes if, I, if I'm if i at a hui, like say in an education hui, and there's a lot of teachers that I know probably would have known my grandparents, I'll give that finer detail mm. of uh, Monty Daniels, Toku Paua, and then I'll see people go, oh, and they remember who they are, and it gives a context. And it's like, you know, when your parents say, oh, there's so-and-so, and and you go, I don't know them. (laughs) You you knew them when you were three. And that feeling of wistfulness, but the saying that we have is, he kitenga kanohi, he hokinga mahara. So we see a face and the memories return. Mm. And sometimes once you tell me what whanau you're from or what hapu you're from, what iwi you're from, I go, oh, right. So I see your people and the ways of your people and your your ways of being, I guess, that resemblance inside you. Mm. So, yeah, it just opens up more to who we are and how we can connect. In what situation would you say a pepeha? Usually it's quite uh, formal meetings or, say, hui as, as a meetings, but also uh, formal occasions perhaps uh, at tangihanga, or when there's porphyry, uh, but there's a reason for it. It's not just to say, da-da, this is who I am. It's to say this relates to what we're doing today. And as Kitty said, uh, this is another way for us to connect. So I would say quite formal hui, settings like tangihanga. Also, when you are in a Māori environment, like you're in a wānanga, which is a like a workshop or a discussion, then quite often that will be a way, I guess, it's the Māori icebreaker. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm thinking, obviously, I'm thinking in, in te Pakiya sort of terms, and it's like when you when you turn up at, I don't know, you start a new job or, or you go to like a workshopping sort of environment and you meet a whole bunch of people and you're like tenuously connected by one thing, but you don't really know anybody around. And so the leader comes in and they say, right, tell us about, you know, tell us your name and tell us where you came from and then tell us an interesting fact about yourself. And like, obviously, it's not completely analogous to that, but it's kind of, kind of similar yeah. conceptually, maybe. Yeah, it is. It, and it's that's worthwhile in referencing because I guess 
what we are doing more and more in New Zealand business is to have a whakatau. Mm. So that's a more informal welcome. Uh, so the more f- most formal version that you might have seen on Marae is usually called a pōwhiri. And so the welcome of a whakatau to welcome people into a workplace is becoming more common. So what that also gives people the opportunity to do is bring their whānau quite often. Uh, and therefore, of course, that give you the full lie of the land, literally, of where they come from. So, yes, it's to say, it's to recognise who comes with you when I see you as well. And it is to give respect, actually, as well, mm. because... If you're willing to tell me things like where your ancestors come from, where you travel from, the places that mean a lot to you, then that's immediately kind of put an accelerator on how we know each other. Totally. There's an intimacy yeah. to, to divulging that sort of stuff about yourself. You get to more invested. Totally. Yeah. So that's what it's about too. There's, that's the thing about tikanga is people might think, oh, you just do it because you do it. But it's seated and a deep understanding of humanity and what it takes to get to know people. So, you know, we come into some environments and you go, well, where am I supposed to stand or what, what shall I do or what shall I eat? So tikanga helps us mm. go, okay, I know I arrive, I wait out here, I get called in, and then we do, you know, I stand on this side, you stand on this side, then I speak and you speak, and then we come together and there's a way at it and then we all have a cup of tea. Like the thing about having a cup of tea and a kai is all, part of tikanga as well, to bring us into a state of balance. When you, you, know, you get those heightened feelings when you're standing up to speak, especially yeah. some, you know, if we hate public speaking, for instance. So one of the things that waiata does and one of the things that kai does or eating together does is to bring down those levels of, of heightened uh, feeling and, and, like we say, heightened tapu. And do you think that that's an, an important point with with regard to PBR and the idea that you're talking about then about it has a deeper purpose. It's not just a script. It has mm. a purpose to it and that is something to keep in mind, right? It's not something that you just kind of learn. It's not just words on a piece of paper. There is an there is a point to it, a purpose to it, and that's something that is important to remember if you're delving into this without, for the first time, I suppose. Yeah, and I also... Um when we speak to this, we don't do it on week one. Like, so if we're working with people for six weeks or something, we'll make we'll do it about week three, because it brings up lots of questions for different people and feelings. Uh, so delving into who you are, who your ancestors are, where you connect to, whether you know who your people are or not, these are big questions and big feelings and so respectfully we try to get to know people and establish rapport and help them know that it's you know we have trust before we start going into the stuff because you can see people's eyes well up or they're confused and they go well, I mean I don't know that my people came from Denmark but I don't really relate to that and so all of those questions or ways of expressing identity I think need to be approached with respect and recognising the mana of people. And so therefore, I wouldn't say that it's just like, you know, just chuck in, insert name here. Yeah, yeah. It's um, when, we, when we do pepe, like I will, I have two sides of my whakapapa Māori um, and I definitely speak to one when I'm, when in Ngaitahu, I'd speak to that. 
side more strongly. And when in Te Arawa, of course, people go, oh, okay, so, I, you know, I speak to my two haurangi uh, Ngāti Wahiao side. So that's the other thing is that it, it can change as well. And then some people um, like to do pepeha, and then it's completely fine just to introduce yourself as Ko uh, Stacey Tōku my name is Stacey, no Ōtautahi Ahau, and I'm from Christchurch. You know, I don't think that people, particularly people listening today, should feel like, okay, step one, totally. or u and pepeha. <laughs> it's not really step two. It's, I think, step 50 if you want to. Yeah. Um, I wondered whether you could take me through a pepeha that you might give and explain a bit, sort of almost line for line or, or idea for idea, what you're saying and what you're talking about and yep, why sure. you consider that important? Yes, and that is what I do often in a wānanga situation uh, because you can hear it mm. and like if you think of the 660 song, uh, pepeha, you can notice that they say... So that usually people will start with maunga being mountain. mountain. I'll put in auraki because it's more recognisable and it is also um, one of my mountains. So, ko auraki te maunga. Do you want to say that? Ko auraki te maunga? Ko auraki te maunga. Yeah, so ko before the name auraki and we personify the mountain uh, as an ancestor. And then usually people will go to the waterway that's important to their iwi or to their people. So I might say ko wairewa te roto. So the same thing, ko, I'm still just naming wairewa te roto as the name of the lake. Roto is lake. The other things that you'll hear is awa for river, uh, moana for sea or ocean space. And so people will usually speak to landforms that or waterways that are important to their area. So Wairewa is, gosh, what's it called in English? But, you know, Little River, Akaroa, we're around there, sure. Ellesmere. And so that's an important mahingakai or place where we collected food. So, of course, that's really key to us. And then you might go to the marae, uh, in our case called Wairewa Te Marae, and the name of the marae is Wairewa. I'll get you to say that one, called Wairewa Te Marae. Ko Wairewa Te Marae. Uh, this is a confusing one because it sounds like the place up north. Wairewa. Wairewa. Ko Wairewa Te yeah. Marae. Tino pai. Yeah. And then you usually say your hapu. Do you understand to mean? I was sort of, yeah, I was wondering about this because I'm full Pagia, right? Like, like I'm, I'm as Pagia as you get. I'm like Irish, Scottish, Welsh, English, I'm all of it, you know. But like, is there a, an analogous concept within Te Pagia? Yeah. Eponymous ancestor is how we speak to hapu. So I might use my Te Arawa side as an example. So uh, someone said to me recently, so you're from the same iwi as your husband? Doesn't that mean you're related? Like, oh, no, not quite. <laughs> uh, so in Te Arawa we say, Ngā pū manawa e waru o Te Arawa, the eight beating hearts of Te Arawa. So that's eight ancestors, and they're all uh, hapu names as well. So if I say Ngāti Whakaue, we're saying the many of Whakaue, Whakaue being the ancestor. Uh-huh. I mean, how, how many I, generations back do you well, know? Well, I, I was just thinking to myself, I, I would say 
Not many, eh? Like, I knew my great-grandparents. My and you were lucky, fortunate. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, knew, I knew two sets of my great-grandparents. Um, so then th- that's probably as far back as, as I would go. And, you know, both of them were born and raised in, in New Zealand. So, yeah. like... I guess that's as far back as I would go. And is that okay? You yeah. Know? Well, that is. And and see, your way of defining who you are, yeah. that's why I say it's particularly personal. Mm. So I don't particularly want to prescribe it, mm. how people want to say who they are. And I noticed that you said you're Pākehā, so you must feel comfortable with being Pākehā, well, liking that term. Yeah. And and it is a, it's, I think it's a powerful term, and I know Pākehā have become fluent speakers, and they said learning Māori helped them feel stronger about who they are as Pākehā, mm. and that that's also a way to be. And I think leaning into our understanding of Pākehā culture, because I'm Pākehā too, same, my grandparents came out in the 50s, I think that's really powerful because we know, I think it's actually quite distinct at the moment. We go, we're definitely not England. Yeah. So even though my grandparents both came from England, I, I look at um, the tangihanga, the, you know, for the Queen and how, how she has been mourned currently, and I go, they definitely are, are quite different from us yeah. as New Zealanders who descend from England. Now our families have become something else. Mm. There are different schools of thought among Māori when it comes to Pākehā and and Pepeha. Mm. Can you just talk a little bit about about that, I suppose? So I remember when my son was at primary school, he was telling us that his teacher, Fire Jane, didn't do Pepeha. And his papa said, well, um, you know, uh, like maybe it's because she's Pākehā. And our son, first of all, was shocked <laughs> because she's a fluent Māori speaker and he was this was a new revelation for him that Fire Jane might not be Māori. Uh, and then he said, well, her, her way to it, I think, is Māori. Um, but probably, I would say, as a fluent speaker of Te Reo Māori and Pākehā, perhaps she got to a place where she felt like she didn't want to use pepeha to express who she is. So sometimes I have heard quite good speakers of Te Reo Māori do their pepeha and they don't say they're Pākehā, and I end up going, I don't know, because mm. they didn't say they're Māori, but they didn't say they're Pākehā, so I actually don't know. Mm. Um, so I always, I do think it's helpful to say where you come from, and some people, for instance, identify as Pākehā or Ngāti Pākehā. What I have heard some people say, they go, I just want to, I want to recognise mana whenua, where I live, and I think that's a beautiful idea, um, to say iti Pākehā hau, you know, like I grew up underneath Rangitoto and give thanks to the nurturing of Ngāti Whātua Rake, you know, those kind of things. So I think it tends to show where people are at and where we're all at in a society. There used to be a time not that long ago where people would say, oh, I'll call in New Zealand the waka, and, and now I just think it sounds... Clunky. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's funny because, like, there are, and again, I, I feel like there are probably no right answers here, but, you know, there are situations where people might be might be doing a PPR, even a really um, a relatively simple or sparse PPR, and they'll come across questions, you know, questions yeah. like, you know, I, I was born in this place, but I moved when I was one and I was raised yeah. in this place, you know, we, we, what is my what is my place, you know, like, I, um, in terms of my waka, like, my family flew here on Singapore Airlines five years ago, like, is yeah. that my waka, is that what took me to Aotearoa, and... 
you know, these are they're interesting questions, yeah, I suppose, right? They are. So you see why I say that when these are big identity questions, it feels rude to ask people that week one, mm. R, A, E, or O, and <laughs> how did yeah. you get here? Because, um, and it's interesting because a friend of mine who came to New Zealand as a refugee says people have no problem in saying, where do you come from? And he uh, is a black man and he likes to say, Hamilton? Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, to see, what are you really asking? And then you get, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then I heard him doing, this is Guled Meyer, and I heard him doing his pepeha. And he said, I had to find out what is the name of my manga in, in Somalia, mm. you know? So quite often it's a journey. But if it really doesn't sit with you, I'd. I just don't think that we should prescribe that Pākehā have to do pepeha. Yeah, yeah. And I do see pepeha tools and interactives and go, this is your pepeha, and, and that's fine if you feel comfortable with it. Uh, but then you're going to have to deliver it and, and be comfortable about that. So like one I've seen is when people might say, called te mata te maunga e runei takungāko. So te mata is the mountain that speaks to my heart. Yeah. You know, some people... This is Donovan Farnham's one. Yes, think, yeah. yeah, 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 Matthew Donovan. And so people don't claim in that way. There's a difference between um, saying ko auraki te maunga, which is auraki is the maunga, or ko auraki toku maunga, auraki is my mm. mountain, or um, saying that this is the mountain that speaks to my heart. Yeah. So there's a different connection. Like I say, the way particularly that we speak to Monga is a personification, so we'll call him Paua, um, Auraki, as in a grandfather. Yeah, okay. So the personification of our ancestor. And that's, you see, that's when we're getting to a really different worldview. Exactly, yeah, because I guess, you know, one of the criticisms from some Māori when it comes to the idea of Pākehā or non-Māori doing pepeha is the idea that there is a different relationship between Māori and, and Aotearoa, the land of Aotearoa and the mountains and the water of uh, Aotearoa and it's just different, it just is people Although can... some people get hurt by that they yeah. go, oh look I'm connected, they go, I love the beach too Exactly, and, and, and we're getting now into you know these nebulous concepts of feelings of belonging and home and this is dicey well it's not dicey, it's interesting but again there aren't you can't tell somebody that their view is invalid in this situation, but you must respect the tikanga behind Pepeha as well, and these are delicate areas, I suppose. Yeah. The personal part about your identity is, of course, very specific, and I think to be honoured for that person. And then the way that we speak to it is tikanga Māori, mm. which is Pepeha. So when we enter that space... I think the best way to do that is with humility to go, okay, so if I am going to follow this format, I'm going to do the work that reflects my understanding and my expression of my identity and also to sit in that discomfort and to go, oh, gosh, if this is bringing up feelings for me, like what else do I need to know? And I think that that's I think that's a really energising way to be. Like I'm seeing your face and how you're, you're going, wow, okay, right. So working through those things are really good because that's what I say about building understanding of what it is to be Pākehā. So the more conversations we have like this, I think the richer we become and the stronger we become in knowing who we are and how that's evolving and how exciting that is. Tēnā koutou katoa. 
ko airana te whakapaparanga mai. My ancestry is from Ireland. Ko kōtirana te whakapaparanga mai. My ancestry is from Scotland. Ko ingarangi te whakapaparanga mai. My ancestry is from England. Engari, however. Ko ōtautahi te whenua tupu. Christchurch is where I was raised. Ko ōtepoti te kāinga. Dunedin is my home. Ke tamaki makoro oe nohoana. Auckland is where I live now. Ko Emil Donovan o. My name is Emil Donovan. Tēnā tātou katoa. That's it for today. I'm Emil Donovan. The detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders and produced by Sarah Robson. Bonnie Harrison is our associate producer. And thanks to Stacey Morrison. Matewa. <laughs>